Kevin Pruitt with another exciting episode of Rising Tide Startups. My guest today is Greg Clintus. Greg, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. So pumped to be here. I have, uh, I, you know, confession, I've been uh, stalking Greg on Facebook now for a while, and I'm in, in one of his Facebook groups in the podcast, digital podcasting group, and I am, I, he is, he's a mentor to me in, in this space. So Greg, I really appreciate you taking the time. 100% man. I'm, I'm really excited. I think this is going to be a good time. So give us, uh, just tell us who is Greg Clunas. Give us some background. Sure. So I identify primarily as a creator. Um, so within that comes entrepreneur, comes author, comes podcaster. But really what I love most is just making stuff and, and the, this process of taking stuff that pops up here into my, in my head and turning it into something in the real world like that. I, that's something I've been obsessed with for a really long time. Um, and how that presents itself in my life right now is I'm the host of a podcast called Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Uh, we do about a quarter million downloads per month. It is all about how to improve the quality of your life by changing your day to day behavior. And, and so the, the purpose of the show is really just to inspire curiosity around why we do the things we do and how behavioral psychology plays a role in, in improving our lives. Mm. Um, but from there, as, as you mentioned, I launched a community that has been growing rapidly. I think we are at about 3,050 or so members wow. right now. Um, it's grown my email list. I'm starting to do more blogging and I'm starting to to do more Instagram around these similar topics. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, that that's where I'm at. That's where I'm focused right now. I do have a book coming out next year based on the podcast. And so once that drops, we'll see what the next big project looks like. But um, yeah, that that that's who I am right now. So you're living in the Big Apple? Absolutely. I live in New York City, baby. Your life life uh, lifelong Big Appler? No, actually. So I was born in Jamaica, okay. uh, the country, Kingston, Jamaica, yeah. and moved to the U.S., to New York City when I was eight. Uh, lived here for about a year, and then I grew up upstate New York. Okay. Uh, went to high school there and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and then I came back to the city for college and just never left. So I've been here for about seven or eight years now. My wife and I spent uh, our honeymoon on the other side of the lake from where you grew up. So we were, oh, we yeah. were in Burlington, Vermont. So Okay. Uh, that's that, awesome. It's man. a beautiful part of the part of the world up in New England. Yeah, I mean, Vermont is beautiful. Yeah, just, just outdoors scene is incredible. It is. Uh, I just yeah, we uh, we spent quite a bit of time just in the area and just driving around and and um, there's something new every day. I mean, it really yeah. is like you said that the Green Mountains and that that area up there and ski ski areas is just incredible. Yeah. So, well, so. What was your inspiration or what was kind of the shift or the pivot that happened that said, you know, I, I need to be in this online space here? What were you doing before um, that led to this? Yeah, so it's funny. I've been – so for for context, I'm a young guy. I'm 25, turning 26 in a, a week actually, a week or two. Um, and the all of my adult life, but also the majority of, of, of my life so far, I've been in this online space. Uh -huh. So I started – uh, right before senior year of high school, uh, my cousin put me on to what was then called internet marketing, um, which I know some people still refer to it as now, but it's it's been legitimized a little bit more sure. as digital marketing. Right. Um, because I wanted to buy my first car, so I just got my license. 
uh, I knew that my parents weren't in a position to to really like just gift me a car. So and and at the time I I wasn't working. So my cousin put me onto this, and I started learning. I learned affiliate marketing. I learned email marketing, like all of that stuff. Um, and and by the end of that summer, I, I bought that first car, and I was hooked ever since. Now I will say, those first three months were the absolute best that I did in internet marketing and digital marketing for about 10 years. Uh, like I, I bought the car and then just failure after failure after failure after nothing working. And, and it was all learning, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then fast forward to uh, a little over two years ago, I got a job in marketing doing a lot of the same stuff. Uh, this was, it was starting to become more legitimate. It was, it was something companies were really starting to right. hire for. And thankfully, I had this wealth of experience in it. Plus, I, I graduated art. So I, I had a design and, and visual aesthetic background. Um, and then I, I stumbled onto podcasting and, and immediately fell in love with it because it allowed me to create quickly. Yeah. But I had also been doing music production for about five years at that point. So the audio stuff like transferred easily. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I knew that the same stuff I'd been trying to do for about eight, nine, ten years applied here. And and so I jumped on it. And now four years later, here we are. Well even even at, at a young age of twenty five, you you can look back and see that you know nothing's wasted. Nothing mm -hmm. in your experience that, that has led you to this point yeah, has been wasted. And that's wasted. actually been a that was a huge driver for why I started Tiny Leaps. Um because I realized two years ago uh, that every single skill I had gained, every single thing I had done that seemed like I have this habit of like starting a thing and then jumping to the next thing and jumping to the next thing and, and just very quickly running through ideas. Mm -hmm. And I realized like every single thing was building to, towards something. Like I spent right. a weekend college teaching myself in HTML and code and JavaScript and coding. And, um, it was purely because I had this idea for a startup. I knew I didn't know the tech to build it, and I wanted to understand it enough to be able to to work with somebody and partner with somebody on it. And so I, I wanted to learn like the basics. That weekend, that like that, then turned into a full time job in web design. That then turned into being able to build my own sites and landing pages. And and those skills have been probably the most valuable thing I've ever done. Mm. And it was just this random like use of time that at the end of it, once the startup didn't happen, seemed like, oh, well, there goes all that time wasted. Um, so so Tiny Leaps really started a lot from this realization that every single thing you do matters and every single thing you do builds the life that you're going to eventually have. And and so if we can just be more conscious of those things, then all of a sudden we, we get to control a little bit of where that life goes. Right. So you've... Right now, you you've got podcast thing going on. You've got your community, your Facebook community going on. You, I mean, I've seen you even do like some video log, yeah. know, stuff you've done on YouTube. Um, I'm assuming you probably hit throwing maybe some coaching every now and then in there as well. Yeah. I mean, so, what what is your kind of your primary means of of revenue? Are you mm -hmm. do you still have a quote, quote day job or is this you, is this everything you're doing right now? Yes. Yeah, so. Right now, my my revenue comes from a couple sources. I do have a day job that's kind of a, a contracting position. Mm -hmm. um, so I work with uh, NASDAQ 
as a product designer and, and I help them build out like different software for their clients. Uh, in addition to that, the podcast, of course, uh, has sponsors. Right. Um, and I'm doing more of this going forward. I haven't officially started yet, but I, I will be. I'm building a course business on the back of, yep. of podcast audience. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what I've been doing since I haven't really monetized the Tiny Leap side uh, has actually been coaching and consulting around how to launch and grow profitable shows. Mm -hmm. And so after my show took off and, and for context, launched January 2016, I had this goal of by the end of three months hitting 100,000. And I did that in six weeks. And and so it like blew through this this what I thought was a stretch goal. And, and so the, and the show is just blown up since then it's been picked up by buzzfeed capital one forbes like all of these different platforms spotify and so recently yeah and and so i um spent most of 2017 trying to figure out well why did this work so well because i'd had shows in the past and mm -hmm. they did okay but nothing even close to this yeah. so why did this one blow up and I, I figured out a lot of the things that I did well and the stuff that I was wasting time on and so on and so forth, turned that into a process uh, doing consulting on it. Um, and so now I have an agency called Pod Simply where we just handle launches and and month to month growth for experts. So authors, speakers, people who want to launch a podcast, want to build a brand, want to build an audience, and we just help them do that. Now I will say, with this addition of the course business on the tiny leap side, mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be scaling back that agency quite a bit. Because as much as I, I'm an expert in it, as much as it's good to be able to offer value, it's not the thing I love the most. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. so I'll still be making that system available and, and my team will still be working with my existing clients, but I'm gonna be closing the doors on bringing in new people for, for a little while. And maybe at some point I'll reopen or maybe I'll just turn it into a course but yeah um, i was thinking that that would yeah. make sense the course side you know even if you close down the right the agency side i mean had the the things that are, are pretty universal that you can you've discovered that you know would it, it seemed like it lend itself well for a course a hundred percent and the thing is i don't want i want that knowledge to be used by people mm -hmm. and i want people to to start realizing that a lot of what they do with their shows just don't matter um and and a lot of what they should be doing they aren't so I definitely think it will turn into a course and possibly a software business at, at some point. Mm -hmm. But for the next six to 12 months, the focus is really how can I help people with the tiny leap side? How can I help people actually make changes and actually do the stuff they know they want to and build the life that they want to do to have? Well, listeners, I hope you're uh, listening to these, as we discussed offline before we started, these, these value bombs that Greg's dropping here. And I, I'm trying to write, write as well. So because, I, you know, um, this podcast is going to blow up only because Greg Clunas is going to give me hints during this <laughs> interview that we can use to, Absolutely. to make it go from, from 10 a week to 10,000 a week or what. Absolutely, yeah, facetious, but. Uh, so tell me your what what would you say uh, in your relatively short business career? What would be like the lowest point that since you really started this kind of this this latest iteration of mm -hmm. of what you're doing? What would be your lowest point since you started? So um, 2016. Mm -hmm. So it's the same year I launched this show, and I was completely self employed. Yep. Uh, so I I'd, I'd left my job in December of 2015. 
uh, my plan was to be a freelance web designer and developer. Right. And um, I stumbled into podcast production for clients because my show did so well. Mm-hmm. And and so all of a sudden you have people saying, well, can you help my show do well too? Uh, the problem is I didn't really know why my show did well at the time. <laughs> and, and so I knew how to produce. I knew what maybe mattered, but I, I didn't have a clear process for it. And what that led to was spending that entire year and, and I, I accomplished my goal for was self-employed for an entire year, which was my goal when I started. Um, however, I made, as every new entrepreneur does, a million and a half mistakes. Unfortunately, two of them led to me uh, losing the ability to be self-employed and having to go back to a full-time job. So the first was uh, not charging enough for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I got into this trap of basically just surviving month to month never being able to have enough to hire help or right. to have enough to put into savings or, or any of those things. And and so what that created was basically just another job where I had four bosses instead of two yeah. or, or whatever it was. And, and so as soon as that October, two of my clients that were pretty dramatic percentages of my, my revenue decided, hey, we don't want to do a podcast anymore. All of a sudden I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I spent October to December, like desperately trying to, to claw my way back up and putting stuff on credit cards and, and all the stuff that you do to try to, to survive. Um, but unfortunately, and this was the second piece, second mistake I made, like I said, my plan was to be a web designer. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a plan for being a podcast right. editor and coach. Right. And, and so I didn't know how to actually acquire those customers. They just sort of fell into my lap. And that lasted for the majority of the year. But once I lost them, I didn't have a clear process for how do I replace them. Mm-hmm. And and so October to December started the learning curve of figuring that out. But when you're about to, to break, you don't want to go through that learning curve. You want to just have it. And, and so December came. I was in an enormous amount of credit card debt, Mike, like, like to the point where my credit dropped dramatically. Um, and it got to this point where I had told myself when I started, if I ever have to ask my girlfriend, I I live with my girlfriend, if I ever have to ask her for help with rent and like covering my half of the bills, I need to go and get a job. Like that's how I know I'm there. And that December I had to. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, okay, I don't care what it is. I'm going, I have to go and get a job. And and that killed me because I've always had, since the age of 13, I've had this image of myself as a a full-time creator, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who is able to earn that freedom of choosing what they do every day and, and building the things they want to build. And it felt like this, by the way, was the second time I'd quit my job. So I had already the first experience of quitting and failing right. and having to go back. And I was so sure this time. I was so positive, like, this this is it. This is the time. And then here I was a year later back at this spot. And and so it, it really crushed me. Um, but I did two really good things that I think uh, allowed me to, to get to where I am now, a sales job. Because mm-hmm. I correctly identified that my biggest weak area at that point was I didn't know how to source and close leads. Like I, I knew I had a decent product. I knew I, I could serve the client well, 
but if push came to shove, I could not generate and close a lead. And and so mm-hmm. I took a crappy pick up the phone every day and call a million customers sales job. And as much as I hated it for the six months that I was there, like I really did walk away with a lot more experience on how to close not just deals, but big ticket deals. Wow. Like at this company, I was closing like 50, 60, 75K deals. Mm which were numbers I was not used to asking mm-hmm. for. And and so it forced me to get used to asking for it. Uh, and then the second thing I did well that um, allowed me to, to get back to where I am is the minute I landed that job, I doubled down on fixing the problems that I had run into. And, and so I never stopped publishing my show. I never stopped building my agency. I never stopped doing any of the things that I knew I eventually wanted to transition out and do mm-hmm. again. Because I knew that if I stopped, I would lose any momentum there was and I would not be able to pick it back up. And so as difficult as it's been for the last roughly year and a half of uh, 13, 14, 15 hour days, which I know a lot of people say and and like it sounds cool, like, oh, I work 13 hours. No, it, like <laughs> I want to be able to spend time with my girlfriend and and relax and not have to think about things all day long. But if I want to be able to to get back to this place, like that's what I have to do. Yeah. And and so for the last year and a half, I've been going double and triple duty, especially because this book mm-hmm. randomly came out of nowhere. It wasn't I wasn't planned. I didn't pitch anybody. They just came to me and said, do you want to write a book? And so now I'm writing a book and now I'm doing X and Y and Z. And then some stuff happened in October with my uh, my dad passing away. And like just all this stuff is piling on and you kind of just have to learn how to compartmentalize that mm-hmm. as much as possible. And it's not good. always doable. Like I've 100 percent had my moments and 100 percent broken down crying and like Thank God my girlfriend is is one of the most supportive people in the world, but it's necessary at some point after you're done crying. My dad used to always say, it's okay to cry so long as that doesn't stop you. Mm. Like at some that's point good. you've got to stand back up and actually do the thing. So that that that's just been the last year and a half. And, and now I'm in a position where I can walk away yep. um, and I can transition back out and I'm choosing not to partially because I want to validate this course business first mm, right. but the, the income is there the audience is there the the stuff I would need to tr- successfully transition are all in place and and that's been a year and a half of building it and now I have control how much longer I, which is an incredibly freeing feeling mm-hmm. well I I, like we said a minute ago, you know, nothing's wasted in that economy. Exactly. I mean, the difficult experiences you've had, the the jobs that you think, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. You know, you you can <laughs> certainly look back and and see just the. You, it was probably difficult to see at the time, but it's still difficult to see now. Like the stuff I'm dealing with now, that'll come into play in a year. Exactly. Like it's still difficult to yeah. see. Like this is going to be worth it, but. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Every time I think something is a waste or or whatever it is, it comes back and is probably one of the more valuable things I've done. Yeah. So so tell me, uh, I mean, you're you're certainly at a at a high point. I mean, I I could tell that without you even telling me that because of just the things I've seen you you be involved with online and and I mean I've been in this space long enough, you know, not not very long, but long enough to know that that activity 
doesn't always generate revenue, but it it's certainly, you know, good activity generates revenue. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I've seen, I know that that is happening for you, but what would, what would you say would be like one or two like pain points or obstacles that you still face that, you know, maybe some of our listeners could speak into and, and, yeah. you know, from their unique set of it, cause we have a pretty broad, you know, base of listeners, you know, mm-hmm. skill set wise. So what, just tell me just off the, off, you know, off your mind, just one or two things that are, are things that are, that you think are obstacles. Yeah, so I've got three for you. Um, okay. The first, my my biggest obstacle right now, the number one thing I'm putting my focus towards alleviating mm-hmm. is I have a, a large audience. I have the email list. I have the platform. I have no product. And and so that's why my, my big focus is let's get a course business built. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm pre-launching that and uh, – doing 10 spots to validate that the product is is a yes and then building the, the course afterwards. Um, so that, that's number one is I need to, to shut my mouth and build a damn product. Uh, <laughs> second, it has always been the branding piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the design skills and can do that for other people. I've never been able to do it for myself. Like I just can't pull my head out of my own stuff long enough to to really get the bird's eye view look that you need to create an effective brand and and the stylings and so on and so forth. And so that's something that I am working on, but is less of a priority uh, because I know it's not 100% required immediately to have a profitable product. Um, and, And then third has always been my inability to delegate well. So Something I forced myself to start doing at uh, the end of last year was building out my team. And, and so now I have a director of operations. She is freaking amazing. Like this woman compliments every single flaw that I have. And I just kind of stumbled into that relationship. Uh, and I have uh, ghostwriters that handle blog posts mm-hmm. and uh, content managers. And I just hired my first like virtual assistant who helps with outreach primarily. Um, but my big issue now is, okay, I've got the people. I know they're talented. I know they're good. Am I using them in the best way possible? Yeah. Like, am I utilizing those resources the way I should be? And the truth is I'm not. Um, and, and a part of that is, like, I'm, I'm no fool. And I recognize that my lack of time on a day-to-day basis is 100% a factor. Like, even just thinking through what needs to happen so mm-hmm. that I can delegate it. Sure. Um, is, is tough to deal with, but, and, and that will get better once I do, uh, leave the job, but in the interim, you know, I don't want to keep paying people that I'm not using. So, so it's something that I need to either learn from a mentor and, and start to, to get better at, or just sit down and and put my head down and figure it out because it, it needs to happen. If I ever intend on this getting as large as I think it can. Not to mention yep. the experience that I'll need to build my next business and the business after that and so on. And so there will be pivots and iterations, you know, that are going to come yep. as a result of this. I mean, you you wouldn't have thought a book a year ago, probably. So, and uh, I I knew the show would eventually be a book. Mm-hmm. I thought I would self-publish it after year three. Okay. I did not expect a publisher to reach out to yep. me directly in a year and a half in. So I look ahead at this year and I'm like, I have no clue what the heck is going to happen. Like no idea whatsoever. Isn't that kind of exciting though? I mean, it really. is. 
Actually, I beginning of every year, I, I look ahead and like journal and, and so on and so forth. And the thing that excites me most about the New Year's is that you don't know what's going to happen. Like I mean, it's a complete blank slate that has not been written yet. And that's really exciting to me. Uh, you're 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 ahead of you is probably almost as exciting as March Madness. You know, uh, as, yeah. as crazy as this bracket has been. <laughs> Anybody that says, yeah, I, I predicted this bracket. They, they're not. Yeah. They, they're lying. <laughs> for sure well man as we as we kind of head to the last section of the of the interview there's there's uh an area called that i like to call life quad that kind of drills down a little deeper into into areas that just kind of you know allow us to take a, another peek inside and so if there was one person online that you follow closely who who is the one person online that's most inspiring to you and gary why would that be gary vanderchuk um yeah. So I, and I would assume for a lot of the people listening that that probably resonates. Yeah. Um, for me, the reason that I resonate with his message so much and, and from coming here at actually a similar age to, to when he came here. Mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully, my parents protected me from a lot of what immigrants have to go through. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was a kid and, and they did all the stuff so that I won't wouldn't have to. Um but I did watch them and I did grow up seeing how challenging it was for my mom and dad to not see each other for months simply because like she's working double shifts. She's a a nurse's assistant. She's working double shifts from like 9 a.m. straight back to like 12 p.m. or something. And he's working overnights. So Mm -hmm. when are they running into each other? Not to mention me not seeing them for for months because I'm at school and then I'm in bed early and whatever it is. Um, and, and so like I, Gary V's message really resonates with me because it's exactly what my dad did. Like he put his head down and he worked at whatever opportunity was in front of him Mm -hmm. and he turned that opportunity into a really respectable middle-class life for his family when his first job here was picking apples on an apple orchard while living in a trailer that had no heat, no air conditioning, like nothing. Wow. That eventually burned down because it wasn't a good... Enough to code, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, like, knowing his story, knowing what he did, and knowing how far I've been able to come Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to start that, that low, Gary's message is to me is like, yeah, the only thing you can control is work. Now, with that said, I'm not a fan of, I, like I just mentioned, I'm not a fan of, of hustle for 15 hours a day. Yeah. Like if I had the choice, I wouldn't do that. Right. And I don't actually think you need to do that today simply because there's so much tech that can augment a lot of the stuff that yep. we do on a day-to-day basis. And so I, I think if you're, you're smart about it and you use the tools in front of you and you use the dollars you have wisely to, to buy other people's hours and you just utilize all of the resources in front of you, you don't actually need to hustle for 15, 16, 17 hours a day. Like you can enjoy the money that you're making. Sure. Um, it's more like working and, and on so, your business than in it. Exa- exactly. And so one of my big goals is to build something similar to what like Warren Buffett has. Like his job is to be educated and then allocate dollars. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like he's not sitting in front of his computer for 19 hours a day like writing code or or whatever it is. He just allocates resources. And and so I want to build that and utilize the the tools I have so that I can can get to that place without 
going necessarily the Gary Vee route. Right. But his thesis is 100 percent right. And if you don't have those opportunities, if you don't have those options, the only thing you've got is time and you can do exactly what my dad did and get to an amazing place. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to write down Gary V and your dad as uh, as inspiring yeah. leaders. So <laughs> what's a uh, what's a life quote that you would say you, you'd like to live by? What's one that really resonates with you? You may even have it taped up on your computer somewhere or something. So if you had asked me this two years ago, I would have said something else. Uh, but now it is the quote that I say at the end of every single episode, mm-hmm. which is that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Yep. And that, that's something I really, truly believe. Is that you or is that some from someone else? Yeah, it's me. At least I, I haven't heard it before, so I assume it's me. Well, it's yours now. <laughs> so, so when I use it, I got to give you credit. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> no, it's wild, though. Like I sometimes stumble across people quoting that on Instagram. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. Well, you got that kind of listeners. I mean, there's people that are hearing this every every time you, you put out a podcast episode. So, yeah, and that, that, that was that was an unintended consequence. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I wanted to end the show with that every single time. I did not expect it to take off as much as it did. But now that it has and it's there, now all of a sudden it's like a thing that people are are hearing over and over again and quoting and, and hopefully starting to create a little bit of like what I call positive propaganda yeah. where I want to like flood people with this message of you can do whatever it is you're trying to do. It may take you 20 years, but you can do it. And hopefully like get them so ingrained in this world that it becomes natural to take that action. Well, if you could go back a couple of years, three years, what would you tell Greg Clunas three years earlier that what piece of advice would you give yourself? Stop thinking so much. You want to expand Uh, a little bit? I'm a chronic overthinker. Uh, (laughs) I, I, it's it's the weirdest combination because I'm the kind of person that has an idea for something and does it like I immediately take the actions required. Um, and I've always been very good at that. But when I get into like after it exists, when I'm thinking, OK, how do I grow this? Whatever it is in that space, I get way too into my head and I need to plan it out and like have a. A, a model and formula for how I do it and so on and so forth. So I would tell myself to stop thinking so much because there is some degree of thought required, but at some point you've got to turn that off and do it. Right. Uh, and you cannot get anything without first getting data. And and so I would much rather at this point have an imperfect plan that fails horribly, but understand why that failed than to sit and just keep trying to think of the perfect plan. Without the uh, what's it called the paralysis of analysis that exactly you, yeah you get to the point that you you're thinking it so much that you never actually act on it you never so. actually do anything or go. when you do you you overthink every single piece of it and so then you're just moving too slow you just been privy to a master course um, <laughs> in a in a very short period of time here and and um, I, I don't know exactly how we're going to package this but it it may just be we may have two episodes here two. You know, <laughs> clean and and crisp episodes we can that we uh we've just gained here today but uh this is going to be one that people are going to hit rewind and listen to again and again and again and take notes uh copiously but greg i i um i'm very grateful for you taking the time today is there anything that 
else that you just want to finish with and and uh just also let us know how we can find you and i know on the show notes we're going to have all your contact information all your social media stuff your the podcast links and stuff like that so uh, yeah. anything you want to add yeah so i mean the main thing i want to leave with is just remember exactly what what the core theme of this interview has been is nothing's wasted all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Everything you do matters and it will add up and, and build into something that is more interesting and, and more complex and, and more fascinating or, or whatever it is. So even if you're at a job that you dislike that maybe you're not passionate about, even if you're you're doing something that you're not passionate about, don't worry about it as much. Like your life is probably going to be a lot longer than you think and and then it feels and and so you've got the time and and you can really just look at the opportunities in front of you and try to build the thing you actually want by making small decisions every day uh as far as connecting with me there's two main things go and listen to the podcast so just do a search for tiny leaps big changes in wherever you're listening to this uh if you're watching on youtube then pull up your podcast app do a search for tiny leaps big changes um and Follow me on Instagram. So like I said, that is a big focus going forward. I am currently actually right after this working through my content calendar for it. I'm going to be dropping an enormous amount of value both in the store and in the feed. So head over and follow me there. It's at Greg Clunis. That's G-R-E-G-G-C-L-U-N-I-S. So at Greg Clunis on Instagram. Do a quick search. Give me a follow. Let me know that you're from this show. And uh, I respond to everybody. We'll we'll certainly include all those in the show notes and and uh, Greg, we just uh, once again want to thank you for taking the time today. I know that you've got a lot going on and and because uh, I I see it happening online. But uh, listeners, it's your chance to speak into this. We've uh, like we said, we've heard so much value today and in, in the episode that we've had and and um, the nice thing about them, the basic theme of this show is that all boats rise and are rising tide. Absolutely, Greg. Thanks again for your time, buddy. Thank you.